Off the ball. There's so many players, like someone like Martinetti and whatnot, that you can get in a look in. Brazil are going to win that World Cup, lads, and I think it's an absolute bank. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Keith, a big win for Newcastle. Seven games unbeaten into the top four in the Premier League. How big a factor are they going to be this season? I think they will. I think they'll be a big, big factor. I think they'll be a player in the race, whether or not they can make Champions League or you know the the Europa League. You know, either way, I think it's a big success. So, you know, people are saying you know they, they spent two hundred and forty million in in a calendar year. That doesn't bring success. You know, it it really is. You have to say down to Eddie Howe the way he's bringing players on, players he's inherited. The likes of Joe Linton, Almiron seem to have really come to the party and. They're defending as a team. They seem to enjoy defending. You see at the end of the game at Tottenham, they're all in a huddle. They're jumping around together. There seems to be a real good team spirit. So, And as we said in, in the in, during the game, they're not in Europe this season as well. So that will help them as well. And I'm not sure how many of them are going to the World Cup, but I think that might be a factor as well. So for me, I think Newcastle will be big players, yeah. It was a very fast, frantic game where Newcastle had a lot of the ball. Tottenham seemed quite happy to try and uh, get at them on the counter-attack and they did that quite a bit in the first half an hour of the game. Uh, Hugo Lloris is the main story out of this. The first goal, was there any question in your mind as to whether or not it could have been a free kick for Newcastle? No, I'm trying to I'm trying to put myself into, into Hugo Lloris's thinking. I think he, he thinks... Uh, Wilson is just going to run past him he's going to let him control it he, he, so he takes a touch it, it hits his midriff then there's a bit of a coming together I think Hugo Lloris over exaggerates he realises now I've made the wrong decision he throws himself on the ground in the hope that the referee will give him something for me it was never never ever going to be a free kick You know, he's tried his best through VAR but really good finish from Callum Wilson hadn't been in the game we just mentioned not really in the game but it was a hard enough finish on his weaker foot so to chip it over Hugo Lloris and Eric Dyer was a decent finish but yeah, Larissa will be really, really uh, not happy with how he's dealt with the two goals. They signed Fraser Foster during the summer. Hugo Larissa, French international, 35 years of age, you know, vastly experienced, World Cup winning player. Do you look at, and I say this after him making some brilliant saves against Manchester United the other night, but he has made mistakes this season. Is it getting to the stage where his position is coming under threat? I don't think so. Like you said, Nathan, a World Cup winner, French international, the, the captain of the team. And I don't think Hugo Lloris' problem is got his shot stopping. He's a very, very good shot stopper, as we've seen against Manchester United. It's when he tries to do the other things, when he tries to play out in the back or maybe tries to be a little bit too clever that he can get caught. So for me, if I was Conte, I'd have a word and say, listen, I want you to play out in the back when it's on. If you're feeling under pressure, just play easy. Just play, play percentage football. Don't be getting caught into traps because after he made the mistake for the fourth goal, with five minutes to go until the, sec- till the end of the fourth half, you really compound him, tell him, do not make another mistake. But he does. And then it's a, it's a big uphill battle then for, for sports. It's just hard to analyse Tottenham. Like, they win today, they're level on points at Manchester City in second. They win their last two games, they're top of the league right now, but they didn't. Uh, and you know their long winning run at home has come to an end. It, when it's not going well, it, 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 it feels very negative at times. Like They're not dominating possession the way you would expect a top six, top seven team to do. What's your general assessment on on them not just today but how they line up over the last few weeks I would be fairly similar to, to the general public I think you know where they are in the league is good it's probably a little bit misleading because 
the way Spurs have been playing it hasn't really been good enough they've got they've got uh, points on the board Harry Kane is scoring goals but as a collective as a team they haven't really come to the part you know Harry Kane's goals is getting them through in Europe against Frankfurt very underwhelming as well they just don't seem to be able to blow teams away with the with the talent that they have in, in an attacking sense with Son I know they're missing Kulazewski big big miss so is Richarlison but there's still enough there and you know to, to score one goal at home to Newcastle Conte should be thinking right we win the game 1-0 to concede two goals to Newcastle lose the game 2-1 and be huffing and puffing in between and it's not really great on the eye and the thing with Spurs is although you can say they've gone five games at home and winning they haven't really played anybody within the top six I know they have away from home but at home the fixture list has been quite kind to them so some things are a bit misleading other things are a bit misleading and for me I think with Newcastle and Spurs the two teams on the new managers that are getting very very strong but I think Newcastle are just pipping the Spurs to the to the better team title so far the air issues in a couple of areas we touched on Hugo Lloris at the back made two changes today Sanchez and Longley come in like Sanchez defending for the second goal obviously Lloris will take a lot of the blame maybe he should have done better actually with saving it as well but Longley's defending was embarrassing yeah. it really is and th- this is a, a centre half that's come from Barcelona so he knows his stuff he knows how to defend and when Almiron stands him up you think right, he's all left footed he opens the goal out as if he's going to shoot on his left foot drags it back in in his right foot and Longley's just he's so static and so he's just straight up he can't turn his body quick enough and it, it's just body position and these are the basics of centre half defending that you would expect somebody like Longley to get down nice and low be able to swivel left or right he does he looks totally surprised by the movement of Almiron and Almiron just left him behind and he, he, because Lendlot didn't, didn't track the run he's able to open his body out and then just pass it under Lloris which makes it easier so mistake on top of mistake on top of mistake from, from Spurs and Newcastle taking full advantage You say if they score a goal you almost expect Tottenham to win with the way that Antonio Conte wants to play the game how much scrutiny should he come in for after these last two matches because on the one hand they are third in the table Mm -hmm. and it's probably where Tottenham uh, the height of their ambitions may be for this season if anybody can challenge a Manchester City for the title but you think back to the time at Chelsea and how it disintegrated and been described as as Mm anti-football And just the way that they set up at time, like it feels very negative. You are totally reliant on Son and Kane today to do everything, yeah. to create everything. And like the midfield is very workmanlike, but there's not much else there. How much of that comes back to him is like, are we seeing in these couple of matches why he's not the Manchester United manager? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I have to be honest. And, and to be fair to Antonio Conte, he's been steadfast in what he said. You know, he's never said, you know, we're going to cha- we're going to challenge Man City. We're in a race here. He actually categorically annoyed that they're in any sort of race after he got beat by Manchester United during the week. And he's always re- reiterated he's going to need four or five transfer windows to sort this out. He's only had two. To be fair to him, so you know, for me, he needs an awful lot more time. There's still an awful lot of dead wood in that in that sports squad. I know they've had a, a great summer bringing people in, but it takes time to gel and people saying that they could actually go and, and fight with Manchester City this season I think the sports fans are getting way way ahead of themselves although at times it's not pretty on the eye they are getting points on the board but today again was very very underwhelming So it looks like it's going to be a right scrap for the top four uh, Arsenal drop points today and maybe Arsenal can mount a title challenge against Manchester City but you've got Tottenham Newcastle Chelsea Liverpool all fighting it out for a place in the top four now it's impossible to know how it'll develop like Newcastle the advantage of not having to play in Europe feels very big yeah it is it will do over the course of the season like I said it, it, 
it's all ifs and buts really until after the World Cup or all you know guessing until after the World Cup it'll all be about what players come back fit what players come in form what players go deep into the tournament you know etc etc so it's all up in the air until then but Newcastle they're just going stronger and stronger and stronger and like I said it's one thing bringing in you know these big flashy players that can go and hit the back of the net but the likes of Sven Botman Kieran Trippier going under the radar for 12 million Dan Bourne these are all outstanding Premier League defenders and Dan Bourne and Sven Botman they're getting all the praise and so they should because the defending has been excellent and they seem to really enjoy it and when you get defenders celebrating with each other when they block a block a shot or block a cross into the box you know you, you've got a good team spirit going and it bodes well for the future It's only 10 goals conceded in 12 games now when you think back to working with Eddie Howe probably what decade more than a decade ago at this stage was he a good defensive coach? He was he was a good defensive coach, but the game was sort of like a, it was like a game of chess. When the ball goes here, I want you here. When that goes there, I want you here. It wasn't. There was never really anything off the cuff. And at, at Burnley, it didn't really work because half the players felt they didn't want to play football. They were under too much pressure. But he would keep reiterating, play football, play football. So it, it, we were getting messages that we wanted to play football. Half the players didn't want to play football. Half the players did, and it just became a bit of a mismatch. At Newcastle, it seems like everybody's on board. Everybody wants to play football. Everybody wants to enjoy it. And it's all going well. And St. James's will be a hard, hard place to go when Newcastle are playing well. If it starts becoming a little bit etchy and they're losing balls in the middle of the pitch and people are hitting them on the counter-attack time after time after time, that's when I think it'll be really interesting to see what Eddie Howe does. But at the minute, it's been excellent from him. Really, really good stuff. Uh, We're only about a third of the way through the season. But if I was to force you to pick a top four right now based on what you've seen... Yeah, well, I think City. I think we'd all we'd all have City cemented in there probably as the winners. I think Liverpool will recover. They'll come second, third, or fourth. Chelsea will be there, and I'm gonna go with Arsenal. I think Arsenal will, although they won't stick it out and give us a, a proper title race. I think they might make the Champions League. Hopefully, make the Champions League. Just on Liverpool, you say you think that they will recover, and it felt this day last week when we're talking about the Manchester City performance. It was the Liverpool of old, the mm. intensity that they brought to it. And they follow it up with a win, albeit a very narrow one against West Ham. Like yesterday, then against Nottingham Forest, is the Liverpool that we've seen for so many games this season. So flat, that intensity completely gone. Like would that would that not concern you that whatever it was the club has built, the bubble has been burst? Yeah, well, look, I, I think a lot of it's down to intensity. A lot of it's down to how they press and you know just rock and roll style type football. Everything's a hundred mile an hour, and when players get tired, and I really do think the World Cup lingering in the background is a big thing, and not just for Liverpool. There's players that you know are coming off the boil ever so slightly. You're seeing balls being chipped into channels, and usually we're used to seeing a Mane, a Jota, a Salah going after them a hundred mile an hour and, and making mistakes happen. Now they're sort of looking and going, "Why didn't you play that ball to me feet?" They don't want to do these runs that inevitably will give you nothing but puts pressure on defenders so for me they're coming off the boil ever so slightly in the wrong areas and they're being punished now whether or not they're going to come back from the World Cup all the Liverpool players and be you know fit and healthy there's big question marks over that but I do expect them to recover and make it to the Champions League at least I think they have enough in the dressing room and obviously January coming I think I think Klopp will get a little bit of help as well